Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Gedney podcast. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Ain't nobody got time for that. 
Step right into the ring. Step right into the pod cave. You are listening to the Stephen Gedney Podcast, the only podcast coming at you live from a pre-recorded session via Carmichael, California. Your number 97th source for music, movies, news, comic books, wrestling, drugs, alcohol, parties, life lessons, philosophy, and everything in between. Thank you for tuning in, downloading, subscribing. Here we go. Let's start the show. It is episode 16, August, August. 3rd 2015 can you believe it man my first episode was on 420 of this year and now we're already into august and it's my birth month it's also the birth month of my father my dad's birthday is in three days so everybody go wish jim gedney happy birthday he was born in 62 so you do the math (laughs) i myself was born in 85 my birthday's coming up on the 25th but Not a lot going on this week. Uh, Before I talk about me and all that other bullshit, I just want to say thanks for listening last week. That was a, it was kind of a weird, weird episode, uh, giving a tribute to a former fallen friend there. Um, And yeah, it's still, still not easy for anybody uh, who cared about him and, you know, but we got to move on and the show's going to move on and. Uh, in related news, a pop culture icon just passed away this weekend. That's right. Wrestling, pro wrestling legend, Rowdy Roddy Piper, has passed away at the age of 61. 61, man. That's only a little over twice my age. And uh, it seems pretty young. Uh, but the sad part is he's kind of hung in there longer than a lot of those other uh, professional wrestlers. You know, maybe he didn't mess around with uh, the cocaine and the steroids and muscle relaxers, painkillers, all that shit like the other guys did. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, he's gone. And, uh, you know, it's not very often that somebody like a professional wrestler can penetrate the masses and become, you know, an icon. I think at one point he called himself an icon when he was in WCW, but... You know, uh, Rowdy Piper, man, he he was in movies. You know, he starred in the John Carpenter cult classic, They Live, uh, a movie that has one of the greatest fight scenes of all time, maybe even the greatest fight scene of all time. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube, type in They Live, Fight, Street Fight. I mean, this is not one of those movie fights that's just punching, kicking, all quick, quick cuts, karate kicks. This is two guys, as slow as can be, just pounding on each other, man. And (laughs) wait a minute. Whoa, I know that could be taken uh, the wrong way. But, I mean, just slow punches, you know, slamming into dumpsters, you know. And it all has to do with one guy's trying to get another guy to put on a pair of glasses. And he's like, I don't want to put on those glasses. Put on the glasses. And... Yeah, he was also in another movie, another cult classic, not nearly as well known, called Hell Comes to Frogtown. And let me tell you about this piece of classy cinema. Hell Comes to Frogtown, it's a uh, post-apocalyptic, futuristic movie where uh, there are not that many men left on Earth. It's mostly women, 
So the women are capturing men and using them as sex slaves <laughs> to help uh, keep the human race going. So they got to use their 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 mojo, you know, their essence to pregnate impregnate all these women. <laughs> and uh, what happens is there's this uh, group, this race of mutated frog people <laughs> from all the nuclear fallout that uh, kidnap a bunch of women and they need Rowdy Piper to help them. So Piper and all these other chicks go find Frogtown, the town of all these giant mutated frogs. And then there's a scene in the climax where one of the frogs takes his pants off and he's telling this woman she needs to do the dance of the three-headed snake. And he actually has uh, three wieners. And you kind of see it, you kind of don't. But uh, one thing I liked about that movie was just the, the special effects. It was so low budget that it, it looked, to me, it looks more realistic than any of the shit that's out today. You know, the uh, Clash of the Titans, Avatar, you know, San Andreas, this whole... 3D HD CGI world that we're living in right now. You know, sometimes there's nothing better than just getting a rubber suit, covering it in some KY jelly, and there you go, film it. So, anyways, keep going on, uh, Rowdy Piper. Um, yeah, man, he he just. There are only a few names. Okay, wrestling was arguably. Uh, the biggest in two eras and that was the mid 80s the mid to late 80s and then the late 90s and after that wrestling has never been as popular as it is there's only a handful of guys um i'll start with the late 90s you know uh stone cold steve austin the rock um shit man that sean michaels maybe but there there aren't that many wrestlers that that you know, are are known in pop culture and mainstream. The 80s, there's a little bit more, but I would say maybe 10 to 12 that really, you know, everybody knows Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, the Macho Man, the Iron Sheik, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. You know, he's one of the, the golden gods, you know. He, he was in movies. He was on TV. Um... He was just he was just known and he he was a villain. You know, he was not one of those guys that had that insane cut muscle tone body. You know, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, those guys, they were known for, you know, their bodies, but Piper, Roddy Piper, he was a villain who could talk. He could really talk trash and uh from what I've heard, the dude could really back it up in real life. Like he was a golden gloves boxer before his whole wrestling career. I think he even did some amateur wrestling before coming a, a pro wrestler. So the the dude had it. And uh you know, I, I wasn't around I mean, I was around in the eighties, but I was very, very young. You know, I, I didn't start getting into wrestling until the very early nineties. My mom had a boyfriend or somebody who Brought me some old VHS tapes from maybe Blockbuster Video or Placer Video, if any of you Woodlandites remember that. Um, but it was the mid-90s, you know, the second era, the classic era that I really got exposed to uh, old and new guys. You know, I was following 
you know, the WWF and the WCW and um, my Roddy Piper. Uh, uh, if, if there's one like match that really stands out to me, it was 1996. There was a, a pay-per-view event called WrestleMania 12. And WrestleMania is like, you know, the one event a year that they just go all out. They give you the best wrestlers, the best matches, all the storylines add up to this one night. And then after it's over, they kind of reset for the year to build up to the next year's WrestleMania. So it's like the climax, the top of the top of the end of the line when it comes to that year. You know, it's what everybody looks forward to. In fact, the WWE, which is which it's now called. They, they do a whole week-long event. You know, they do this thing called Access where all your, your fans get to go in there and do all these cool special uh, uh, activities, presentations. They get to look at old costumes and belts. It's kind of like a, a portable museum. They also get to see some matches live and uh, get to meet wrestlers, get their autograph, get pictures taken with them, that kind of thing. Um, and I don't really follow wrestling now. You know, it's been a few years. Um, I was into it. I was out of it. I was into it. I was out of it. And I just don't really see myself coming back because it's just not the same. You know, I think when I was a kid, there's the whole spectacle of just these larger than life, you know, gods, <laughs> these freaking Herculeic creatures, you know, doing these insane things that you never thought you didn't know were possible at the time. And then as I got older, I was like a teenager. I was more interested in the behind the scenes stuff. Like I figured out, yeah, the whole thing's scripted, but sometimes people do get injured in real life. And then the whole drama of just like the drugs and the drama behind the scenes, uh, the injuries, you know, and that's, it's kind of like, you know, two different, two different eras for me as far as, you know, why I was into it. And then, just kind of fell out you know with the way it is now you know the wwe it's a public traded company which means it's on the new york stock exchange and they have a lot of stockholders that put a lot of money into it and once you become uh, a corporation as opposed to a private entity you have way less control over what you're allowed to get away with unless you want to lose your stockholders so they have uh taken you know, everybody knows it's faked. Everybody knows it's scripted. Other than the really, really little kids and the really stupid people. But they have taken everything that was edgy about it away and tried to package it as the safest, you know, most clean American Walmart presentation. And so I think that definitely alienated a lot of wrestling fans. And they weren't... They didn't want to follow it anymore, you know. They didn't want to see the same, you know, four or five guys doing it. They want to see their blood. They want to see people get injured. They want to see girls, you know, with their their thongs hanging out and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I can understand, you know, the corporate mentality trying to follow it along. But so uh getting back to wrestlemania 12 i had to get on this whole wrestlemania tangent wwe tangent and wrestlemania 12 man it was the mid 90s 1996 roddy piper was already a legend and uh he had this match with gold dust 
Gold Dust is the son of Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. I don't know if you guys remember him. He was an 80s classic as well. But Gold Dust was this guy. He was a very, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Androgynous character. You know, in some ways he looked, you know, kind of homosexual. He dressed almost like a drag queen. He was in all gold, shiny outfit, gold face paint. And he used to wear like a blonde women's wig to the ring and he did this whole thing where he used to rub his chest and rub his balls and all this stuff you know and and at the time you know there was a they used to use it as uh humor and you know they kind of played off the fact that uh you know the gays weren't really accepted in mainstream culture at that time so a lot of people were like oh gross get this guy you know this guy's i don't want nothing to do with this guy so obviously he was a villain and roddy piper uh, I believe the story was uh, Gold Dust was going to have a match with Razor Ramon, and uh, the ho- uh, whole backstage uh, drama was Razor Ramon, also known as Scott Hall. Uh, he left the company and went to another company called WCW. So Roddy Piper came in, uh, the legend, and they were going to have this match called the Hollywood Backlot Brawl. <laughs> And it's exactly what you could think it was. This was at the uh, Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim. Uh, I believe it's where the Mighty Ducks hockey played or still play, maybe. And um, the whole thing was there was this match where Roddy Piper, he was in the alley. He was waiting. Come on, let's do this. Let's. We're having a street fight. We're not having a wrestling match. And so Goldust pulls up in this white, like 1994 Bronco. I'll get to that in a minute. And they just start fighting, and there's punching and kicking, and Piper has this baseball bat, and he's just beating up this car. He's hitting the windows, the windshield, the lights, and they're fighting and, you know, uh, slamming each other into the dumpster and on the uh, the hood of the, the, the SUV. And uh, it's very similar, I guess, to the, uh, to the They Live fight, except uh, it's a lot, you know, faster. You know, it's made for a wrestling pay-per-view audience. And then uh, towards the very end of the fight, uh, Roddy Piper gets a fire hose and he starts spraying gold dust with it. And this is some high-pressure shit. And somehow, uh, you know, uh, gold dust gets the upper hand, maybe gives him a DDT on the car. I don't know. But you could actually see blood. You could see blood from uh, the uh, Piper's knuckles, you know, hitting the, hitting the roof of the, the car and all that kind of stuff. And gold dust takes off. So then uh, throughout the rest of the pay-per-view match, they start showing this video of, uh, Roddy, uh, of Goldust in his white Bronco uh, being chased by police all over. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because I was a little kid, so I didn't know any of this stuff. But it turns out what the WWF did at that time was they used uh, footage from oj simpson running from the police because he also had a white bronco and they spliced it in and you know they even had like roddy piper on the phone being like i'm chasing him i'm trying to get to him and i can't and (laughs) you know it all uh it all came to a conclusion in the arena where gold dust finally came back and he's running out to the ring and Roddy Piper's right behind him, and he's like, I'm going to get you, boy, and all that. And then they start fighting in the ring. And then this is how it ends here. Roddy Piper ends up, like, ripping 
<laughs> uh, Goldust outfit off. And underneath, Goldust is wearing women's lingerie. You know, he's wearing the garter belt and the stockings and the whole boob, you know, thing like a, a you know, corset. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at that time, that was that was totally, you know, uh, controversial. <laughs> and uh, Roddy Piper got the upper hand, and so just. Uh, further cemented his place in the wrestling business as a legend and uh, you could never do that today you know because of this whole corporate thing I mean one uh, they would say that it was uh, offensive to uh, gay people offensive to women you know to transgendered and two they would say that that was too uh, mature for their audience of uh, young kids a lot of parents don't want their kids seeing it so Either way, Roddy Piper was a legend in the business. He was a legend in, uh, you know, just the culture in general. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's sad, you know. It's the end of an era, you know. Never get to have somebody like that again. You'll never see somebody in that kind of shape, you know, anymore. Because if you look back at the, the 70s and 80s, you know, those guys, they weren't bodybuilders. Like, sure, they lifted weights, but they were scrappers, man. They got in bar fights, you know. They pick fights out on the street, but they weren't in the gym taking supplements, trying to look, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They were just freaking rough and ready motherfuckers. So throughout the podcast today, I'm going to play, you know, just a few audio clips to uh, signify the importance of uh, Roddy Piper and, and what he brought to the game, you know. Because, uh, hey, man, it's part of my childhood. It's a part of a lot of our, our childhoods out there. So let's start with the first one. And it is a clip that I found, a Roddy Piper promo on Ric Flair, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Uh, side note. Both Piper and Ric Flair were on an episode of Wife Swap, <laughs> which uh, me and uh, Elisa watched one time, maybe last year. It was pretty good. But here you go. Piper on Flair, 1991. And in the main event, the so-called real champion of the world, Ric Flair, will arrive at Madison Square Garden, and he faces Rowdy Roddy Piper. Now, before this week's Superstars of Wrestling program, we caught up with Hot Rod, and he had these comments. Ric Flair, huh? The real world's heavyweight wrestling champion. <gasps> Must be a little tiny, itsy-bitsy world you come from with munchkins in it and dots and hounds that don't bark. Because <gasps> you've been doing enough barking for them all. <gasps> See, me, I'm real plain and simple and direct. They call me Hot Rod. Everybody knows it. <laughs> I don't have to say what I am, because I've done it. That's the difference between you and me. You talk about it, I do it. Oh, you want to come out in the frilly robes? You're so cute. Of course, I come out in a kilt. Someone says I'm cute, and I bury my fist down their throat. You want to have a party? You want to see how tough you are? Come on down. The water's fine, but it's up to here. The shockwaves continue to resound throughout the WWF. 
And now that Ric Flair is among the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation, Rowdy Roddy Piper plans to make the so-called real champion of the world regret his arrival. They meet head-on Monday night, October 28th at Madison Square Garden. Don't miss your chance to see it all. All right, we are back at the podcast in the pod cave. And so, what's going on with me? Well, let's see. The wedding is coming up in less than three weeks, man. Can you believe it? It was exactly three weeks this past Friday, and now it's it's almost here, you know? I can remember, uh, you know, asking Elisa to marry me back on her birthday in 2014, the end of March. So it's been a year and a half in the making, and almost there, and, you know, weddings can be pretty stressful, but... I don't know, maybe it's just me, maybe it's just because I'm a guy, but I, I feel like, you know, we got it taken care of, everything's going to be fine, don't worry, but I'm not a woman, and my brain doesn't think like women, and I'm sure a lot of other women could uh, be uh, very sympathetic to her feelings right now, but I'll be glad when it's over, it's not like, you know, I, I want to get it done and over with, it's just, it's been a long time, and I'm ready to start, you know, uh moving moving on <laughs> and uh yeah the honeymoons i'm excited about the honeymoon because you know i love the the pacific northwest we're getting married in portland and we're gonna have our honeymoon in seattle and there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff to do up there i think the weather's gonna be great we got some nice hotels that we're gonna be staying in we got plenty of money to do whatever we want hopefully some good food some good beer you know, and you know, speaking of uh, Portland, I just saw recently this past week there were a bunch of Greenpeace protesters um, in the exact area where we're getting married. See, it's going to be uh, uh, what is it called? Cathedral Park, um, right next to St. John's Bridge, actually under St. John's Bridge in Portland, Oregon. And that's right by the Willamette River that actually leads into the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. And there was something about a, um, like a, a oil drilling ship. I don't know. See, I don't follow politics and social things like this. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously going to not have the facts completely straight, but... It had something to do with a ship going into Alaska and I think uh, drilling for oil. I think they called it the icebreaker. And so Greenpeace were right in the Willamette River outside of the park that we're actually going to get married at. And a lot of them were on kayaks and rafts uh, trying to block the ship. And there were some more that were actually hanging from underneath the bridge with some of those uh, climbing harnesses. So pretty crazy. And they actually stopped it for a while, but police came in and the ship finally got out and the funny thing is i read online that the greenpeace representatives they considered it a victory so you know this is a sore subject for some people but i don't really like greenpeace you know and i'm a vegetarian i try to do my best to you know um you know i don't throw trash out in the street uh, i try to keep things clean i don't you know smoke obviously poison the, the environment and i care about animals you know i don't just kill animals for no reason i don't poison them because they're in my yard that kind of shit so anyways this goes back to uh the first trip that alisa and i went on together was to santa cruz back in the summer of 2012 it was my birthday I actually went to monterey and then we went to santa cruz 
So we go down to the pier. We're looking around, taking pictures, having a good time. And as we're walking back, there's two guys, you know, uh, and they wanted to talk. And uh, I would have just ignored them, but I think Elisa kind of thought they were cute. I don't know. That's just between me and you. But uh, anyway, so they started talking and talking about how they want to stop drilling or some shit because of the polar bears in Canada and the, they're endangered and that kind of thing. And I, I totally understand. I'm sympathetic to the cause. But they, as soon as they started saying, like, they needed money, you know, they needed a monthly fee of, like, 30 bucks a month or something like that, you know, Lisa was kind of already uninterested and uh, was looking off to the side, that kind of thing. And then he kept talking to me, and then she's like, uh, you know, sorry, man, I just can't. And then he's like, well, you know, you checked out a while ago. I'm talking to him and that kind of thing. And I was like, whoa, dude, that's kind of rude. And she started walking away and I was like, sorry, bro, I I, I got to go with her. And he's like, no, you don't. It's free country. And I'm like, you know, fuck off, man. <laughs> Honestly, like I understand like what you're trying to do, but you don't need to be rude about it. It's like, OK, here you go. Humans are obviously higher on the food chain <laughs> than than polar bears, you know. And both both creatures are uh equally um they both have an equal right to be here and be alive and and survive, but you know, it's survival of the fittest and the polar bears can mend for themselves, man. Like you go up there and try to live with the fucking polar bears, You know, we all know what's going to happen. They're going to thrive and you're going to die. And that's how it goes. And it's sad, you know, that uh, that kind of thing is going on. But when it comes to the advancement of the human race and and we need to keep things going, I I could see what's going on. You know, I could I could understand, you know, why we drill for oil because we need to keep things moving. You know, people need gas and they need to heat their homes they need to use their cars to go to work and should we have more public transportation sure but it needs to be a lot better you know it needs to adhere to people's schedules and needs because how it is now it just can't work for everybody you know like the bus in sacramento stops running at like 10 o'clock well what about all those people that work in the a.m right so they have a right to have cars, but the people who work in the PM do not have a right, you know. Also, who the fuck paid for your Greenpeace t-shirts, you know? If you're a total nonprofit organization, you know, I believe that those donations that were meant to save the environment were kind of used for your promotional materials. And they were kind of used for your t-shirts that you're wearing right there. And maybe you don't even have a job. Maybe your job is for Greenpeace. So you're making a living off of people's donations. So you're a fucking hypocrite just as much as, you know, everybody else is for not caring the way that you do. So anyways, you know, and anytime I see those kind of people standing outside and and in general, you know, like I am one of those people that don't want to be bothered, you know, like I just want to I want to live my life, you know, and do what I want to do. And if I want to help on my own, then I will, but I don't need it pushed in my face. It seems like everywhere you go, there's people standing on the street. They want your money. You know, every time you come out of the store, 
Uh, can you give me money for Girl Scouts? Can you give me money for baseball? Can you give me money for veterans? Can you uh, sign my petition for this? Can you uh, register to vote for this? You know, it's like some people just want to live their lives, man. Equivalent of a fucking pop-up ad or a, a commercial on a YouTube video, you know. If people really care about it, they're going to seek it out. But you don't need to rub it in their face because that's going to make it worse. Anyways, it's like, you know, I, I'm very sympathetic to a lot of causes out there, but a lot of us are just barely getting by, and we need to take care of ourselves, our families, and our loved ones before we can help out everybody else. Now, if I had millions of dollars like, say, Vince McMahon of the WWE or Donald Trump or freaking, you know, uh, Bill Gates, Steve Allen, uh Rupert Murdoch, whatever, you know, all those, all those people, those billionaires, then yeah, I would definitely help out, you know, but I mean, I, I, some places, uh, are going to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, you know, and I, I don't make that much over that, to be honest. I know it kind of seems like a lot to some of you people, but you know, my first job I made, seven dollars and five cents an hour back you know a little over 10 years ago and then when i came back down to california it went down to 675 and then it raised to 725 and then i was making nine bucks an hour and it's like rent is pretty much stayed the same if not gone up so what's going to happen you know when everybody's making 15 dollars an hour working at you know denny's or mcdonald's or ross <laughs> you know, dress for less, that kind of thing, then everything's going to go up even more. You know, my car car payments are going to go from 330 to 530 Rent's going to go from 1200 to 1400 You know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. But I don't know. I don't understand economics very well. I didn't study that, didn't go to college. Fuck that shit. And that's why I don't like Greenpeace. <laughs> So, anyways, going back to what's been going on lately. I don't even know how I started talking about that. Oh, it was the whole, yeah, the Portland thing and the wedding thing and all that. Um, yeah, I did, it's just another day, another week, uh, another work week doing the same old stuff. You know, still recovering from inventory, uh, lots of shipping at work, that kind of thing. And, uh... Friday comes along, and uh, we just, you know, hang out, do some shit. I don't even know. I don't even know what happened Friday. Oh, yeah, well, we did visit our favorite place, as young couples do, Target. Did some shopping, and then went over to Freebird's Burrito, one of my personal favorite little joints. You know, it's kind of like Chipotle, but uh, a lot more options. And a lot more expensive, obviously. It's been a while since I've been there last, and their prices went up. So then hit up the local BevMo in my neighborhood and found out that they have this cool thing where you can make your own six-pack of beer. You know, they have like 50 or 60 single beers. So I got a few. I got Elisa to help pick out a few. And, uh, you know, I was craving some Red Stripe, you know, Jamaican lager, good beer. So I got two of those, uh, two Guinnesses. I've been craving that a little bit too. Um, you know, Dead Guy Ale, which was another classic. 
of my past, present, and future. Got a Kona Brewing IPA, which is new to me. A Big Daddy IPA from Speakeasy, San Francisco company. That's also new. Uh, Alaska Brewing IPA. A uh, DBA, Double Barrel Ale, from uh, Firestone Brewing, Paso Robles. Uh, sea Dog Brewing Blueberry Ale. That's from Portland, Maine. Somewhere in Maine, Maine, if you know what I mean, Maine. Um, two more. Uh, I can't think of them right now, but they looked pretty good, so I got them. <laughs> and, you know, another another nice Friday, uh, you know, drink some beers, watch some TV. Saturday, uh, Elise's mom came by, and, uh, you know what, let me play a little Roddy Piper clip, and then I'll continue and tell you about my Saturday. So... This next Roddy Piper clip, because this episode is a tribute to him, is Roddy Piper on Bret Hart, 4592. It's a weird one for me, this one here, you know, this fight with Bret Hart, WrestleMania, this Sunday. So I heard Bret Hart talking, said he met an old-timer, and he's talking about me, and he said things like, you know, Roddy Piper uh, has been the best fighter ever, maybe, in wrestling. He's the toughest guy ever in the WWF. Roddy Piper is this, Roddy Piper is that, you know, I'm an old street kid, you know. I'm used to when I was real young walking down the street, having some guy being real nice and say, you're the greatest, and bring you into the corner. Just come here for a second. And it never lasts a second. You found out that old timer was your daddy, and he said, a good wrestler can beat a good fighter any day. I don't know how I never lost. And I ain't gonna lose this Sunday either. See WrestleMania 8 this Sunday afternoon, available on pay-per-view. Order now. Call your local cable company for availability. This is it. Make the call to catch all the action of WrestleMania 8. Don't go away, folks. Coming up, a tribute to the immortal Hulk Hogan. So anyways, on Saturday, Elisa's mom came over and they needed to do some shopping. Shopping for the wedding and the honeymoon and all that kind of good stuff. And surprise, it was me and the dog. Me and Phoenix the Bulldog. And I was like, hmm, I think I'll take her to the dog park because it's still kind of cool outside. You know, it wasn't supposed to be 80 degrees until noon. So if, if any time was a good time to take her to the dog park, it was that time right then. So I loaded her up. We went down there. There are a few dogs, and uh, let her in. And she uh, she played for about five minutes until uh, she saw the kiddie pool in the corner. So we went down there, and she saw the hose. And this freaking dog, man, when she sees a hose, that's all she wants. She wants to chew on it. She wants to pull it. She wants to try to run away with it. And she could give a damn. She couldn't give a damn whether there were other dogs there or not. I mean, the whole time there was this one dog. He was kind of like a pit bull looking dog. He might not have been a pit bull, but he kept trying to get behind her. I think he had some ulterior motives, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, other than that, you know, she she was just chewing on this hose. I'd put her on the leash, take her all the way across to the other end, let her out, poop, and then run all the way across back to that, that fucking hose again. And I was like, you know, why did I even bring you to the dog park? You know, if you want to play with a hose, we could have done that in the backyard. So I actually made the effort and unscrewed the hose, put it up on the fence, 
And then she ran up to the fence and she's jumping. And the problem is this little corner of the park, there's water everywhere because of the kiddie pools and the, the dog dishes. And so it's super muddy. So she just got fucking really muddy all over her whole body. And then uh, somehow I convinced her after she knew she wasn't going to get the hose after that to get in the pool. And she would just jump in and out. And we were probably only there for a total of 30 minutes, but she was completely soaked. And I was like, all right, let's just go because you're not playing. I don't know why I did this, but I think she had a good time, obviously. And let her in the car. And good thing my car is old and, and dirty and jacked up because she got the seats super dirty and wet and brought her back home and we hung out for like an hour an hour and a half and i was getting really bored and elisa's out there shopping with her mom so i was like oh man i, I want to do something maybe i'll go to dimple so dimple records is a a small local sacramento chain of music stores but they have lots of stuff man they have uh cds and tapes and vhs's and dvds and all used secondhand stuff records books comic books so Went to the local dimple and looked at everything. I looked at, you know, music, movies, all, all that, all the stuff I just mentioned. I looked at it. Even the comic book section, I kind of flipped through every single box because none of it was organized. And uh, finally, I decided to pick up a couple books for Lisa that she's wanted because they were super cheap. I mean, later, I'll tell you, I went to, you know, a couple other bookstores on Saturday and these these books were like 20 bucks a piece but I got them for three a piece can you believe that yes because I am a bargain hunter a discount shopper thank you to my mom for instilling that in me then I decided I was going to go to the comic shop and uh, a1 comics is my local shop it's over there on Auburn Boulevard here in Citrus Heights Carmichael Fair Oaks area and uh, they have another location uh so I decided to go to that one, and it was a little bit farther up there, and went inside, looked at everything, flipped through some comics. I only ended up picking up two, and one of them is a Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy Krueger comic, you know, from like 2006. I'd never seen it before, but way into horror movies. I've always loved horror since I was a little kid, so I had to get it. Then flipping through their uh, 50 cent uh, boxes, you know, all their comics are 50 cents. Uh, I found a, an Undertaker comic, you know, WWF Undertaker from like the 90s. And I was like, I got to get this thing. And Yeah, it ser- turned out to be a good investment because it was 50 cents and I looked it up and it's a $5 comic. So maybe one day, you know, all those wrestling collectors out there, uh, they might they might enjoy it and might want to buy it from me. But either way, it's in my personal collection. And then uh, I decided to go check out some... Uh, new bookstore called Half Price Books and looked around there, looked at all their sections and they had a lot of cool stuff and you know, just being the guy that I am and, and my experience shopping, I can never pay full price for a book or a movie or a CD again because uh, you know, places like Dimple and then now this Half Price Books, this is my new Dimple for books, you know, because after that I went to Barnes & Noble and all the same ones, they were they were twice the price, so obviously Half Price Books is a name that's fitting for that establishment. But, you know, I saw, like, a lot of the uh, the uh, Brett Easton Ellis novels, you know, Less Than Zero, 
American Psycho, Rules of Attraction, that one of these days I want to get around to reading, and they were, you know, six, seven bucks a piece. And also uh, the Palinuk, Chuck Palinuk books, Fight Club, Choke, Survivor. I've never read those either, you know. I know what you're thinking, like, come on, man, you need to get with the times. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to educate my mind, you know, feed my brain, that kind of thing. So, yeah, and then Barnes & Noble. They have, With Barnes & Noble, it's like all the stuff that I know I could find cheaper, I'm not going to buy there. It's just there are a few things that they do have that the cheaper places don't have. You know, like the first Game of Thrones book. For some reason, I just cannot fucking find that book anywhere. Uh, they have all the other Game of Thrones books. games, yeah, Game of Thrones books. <laughs> everywhere else but that first one i mean i can't read the the whole series unless i get the first one so i might have to end up paying full price for that one and then all the subsequent novels in the series i can get at a discount rate so went to barnes and noble and then the last stop was uh we went to a goodwill a couple weeks back and uh they had a pretty cool little book section and i i just kind of wanted to go check it out again and yeah, there there was a lot of awesome stuff in there. A lot of the classic novels, you know, uh, of Mice and Men and Emma and uh, Frankenstein and shit, uh, Fahrenheit 451. You know, all the required reading, if you want to be an educated adult, is in there. So I ended up getting a copy of Frankenstein because I honestly have never read it. I've seen many cinematic incarnations of the story. I've even run into Frankenstein at Universal Studios' House of Horrors, <laughs> but I uh, never read the book, and I, I thought, hey, Mary Shelley, what up? Let me read it. And then I also got a copy of uh, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, which uh, was the basis of Blade Runner, the awesome uh, 80s Ridley Scott movie with Harrison Ford, futuristic sci-fi you know, artificial intelligence. So, uh, and that's a book I always wanted to read. And then also, I got a copy of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Another, I actually never saw the movie, either the original or the American remake. And I figured reading the book would be cool, you know, to get, get on that. And I got all three of those books for a total of $6 at the Goodwill. You know, that's the price of one book at the Half Price Bookstore. And you couldn't even buy any of those books you know, uh, at, at half price at Barnes and Noble. So either way, it was a good score. I got a couple comics. I got a couple, a few books and I only spent a little over 20 bucks and that includes a monster energy drink. So all in all, it was a good day. Good, uh, good way for the weekend. Had a few more beers. We ate some pizza, um, watched some Game of Thrones. I'm almost caught up with the rest of the world we're at the very end of this last season season five and exciting stuff man other than that there's just you know hasn't been a lot going on you know our sunday was just your typical you know almost married couple stuff you know doing laundry getting groceries looking for clothes you know i've been trying to stock up on some clothes you know for our big seattle honeymoon trip and got a pair of shorts and I uh, got some new shoes because these vans that I have been wearing to work fucking suck, you know. They're kind of like denim, you know. It's almost like somebody took a pair of denim jeans and made them into shoes. And Vans is normally a really good brand 
you know i mean they're famous shoes but these freaking things just started to fall apart literally as soon as i bought them so elisa got me a pair of adios which i'm really excited about some really fancy shoes that should be good in the freezers at work keep my feet warm and uh they're very neutral black and white gray colors so they'll go with any outfit and that's that so let's play you one more roddy piper clip to do a tribute to this great man who has fallen and then uh we'll finish out the podcast so Let's see, Rowdy Rowdy Piper promo on Cow Palace. You can go to the men's room in the Cow Palace. That's a wonderful name in San Francisco because the Cow Palace is someplace that I would be proud to call my home. At Cow Palace is someplace that I'd be proud to bring my gal. Because obviously, if you live in San Francisco and you are going out with gals. Obviously, they belong in the cow palace. I saw one. The only thing she was missing was antlers. She would have been in season jack, man. I saw her coming up to me, asking me for a date. I said, man, I'm hot rod. Are you kidding me? He said, yeah, but aren't you the one that's going to fight Mr. Wonderful? I said, yeah, I'm going to fight Mr. Blunderful. He says, but aren't you the one that's going to fight him with all them wrestlers around the ring? He says, yeah, that's me. He says, don't you know what he's thinking? Of course. Yeah, yeah, I know what he's thinking. Absolutely nothing, man. When he's in a room alone, he is all alone. You see, you forget. I rode with him. I know what an idiot this guy is. I know his moves. Oh, yes, he's tough. I know he's tough. You think I ain't, man? I've been around. You know that. I've been there before. He's tough enough to go and bench press 500 pounds. Who really cares, man, huh? Your idea here of a wrestling match here, you got to... 12 wrestlers around the ring. You got dancing midgets and leathers. You got your own. You got everything that you've ever wanted in a match. You know why I signed this? Incidentally, it didn't take me two months to sign this match. No, 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 no. It didn't take me two months to make up my mind, brother. No, no, no. I said, you want me to fight somebody? I'll fight anybody. Who do you want? Just let me fight him. Orndorff says, well, I'm going to take my time. going to take me about two months. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right now and go to the bathroom and think about it. And now I'm back. <laughs> right there. It's your idea of Orndorff's father. You see, that's going to happen after you fight me. There's going to be nothing left of you except for old and bald <laughs> and ugly. <laughs> you ain't going to be no hot rod. You're just going to be somebody that can't keep his bladder empty. <laughs> Thank you very much, Roddy Roddy Piper. Back in the Bay Area at the Cow Palace, Thursday night, October the 10th. Don't you dare. Yeah, man. Wow. The hour is coming to a close already. So I'll just wrap it up by telling you I'm still working on this music here. All the tracks are done. Two albums, 12 songs. I've been writing lyrics like crazy. I still have a bunch to record, but I'm just hammering it out, man. I don't know if I'm going to be able to release them. Uh, before my birthday but i'll probably put one track out you know just as a a uh a birthday gift to myself like hey everybody check it out man here's here's my new song here's one of the many songs that you're gonna come to expect coming up pretty soon and uh yeah this week i uh i went through some old vhs tapes now i have probably 20 up to 20 at least 15 um, mini DV tapes and these are tapes that go in an old video camera that uh, I, I've, I haven't seen for a really really long time because my video camera's broken it broke 
the last time my last band same time was in the studio and i've actually never seen that particular tape we watched a lot of the older ones so there's so many shows out there that were recorded that haven't been seen that one day we'll see the light of day but these vhs tapes they uh they actually um came before uh during my band uh gifted allies drive by turkey you know myself justin perzer justin keith the trio of rock the triangle of terror and uh this was around 2002 2003 and uh it was a lot of the shows that we well not a lot there was really only three shows that we played in that time period and there was woodland high school there was uh gilroy gaslighter gilroy california and then uh, Clyber Hall at UC Davis in Davis, California. And then we also played a few shows before that. We played at Woodland High School that wasn't ever filmed. And then there was a, um, a talent show that was even before that. So, you know, it had been a long time, you know, at least five or six years since the last time I watched these tapes. And I got to say, man, I was embarrassed. Nobody saw them except for me, but... Just looking back, like I was like, God, how did I have friends? How did anybody like me at all? Because I was annoying as hell, and I was just a fucking crybaby. I was a little punk ass, and I looked ridiculous. But uh, in particular, there's a uh, one of the performances at Woodland High School. Afterwards, uh, J.K. gets the video camera, and he's just filming, talking to people and stuff, and he talks to me, and I'm just... Man, that fucking sucked, man. What? Well, what did it suck? Why did it suck? Oh, you know, it's just the people. The people suck, you know. They didn't make any noise at all. And it's just looking back, it's like, man, what's your problem? It's not a... You, you just be glad to be up there and doing what you're doing. I guess at that time, I just wanted a reaction from people. I really wanted to be taken seriously for what we were doing. And I didn't appreciate the fun that we were having. And I guess I was in that mood for years, you know, six to seven years. I just wanted to be taken seriously. And I'm sure I was, but I never knew it. I just didn't want to goof around. I didn't want people to think it was a goof. So, you know, and just listening to myself, just say stupid stuff, talk like an idiot. Very embarrassing. And I, I figure that every adult out there... um doesn't want to see a video of themselves as a teenager but either way somehow i ended up getting girls to like me i ended up having some friends and then later i alienated everybody <laughs> but uh just a uh a word to the wise don't look too far into your past because you might not like what you see so either way i uh, just want to say that's going to do it for this week i guess it's kind of short we're under an hour right now but Thanks for listening. Follow me at Stephen M.J. Gedney on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast is uh, Facebook.com slash Stephen Gedney Podcast. I never write anything down. That's why I sound like I stutter and don't pronounce words right. Sometimes I, I am thinking about the next thing while I'm saying the last thing. So that's how it is. That's the Stephen Gedney Podcast. Thank you very much. And how do I end this show? Have a good one!